Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 17, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the market obviously isn't doing the upward thing or the northern thing. It decided to fill the gap down below. We discussed both scenarios last night. They picked the bear scenario, and now they're below the gap. So what does that mean? That's one of the main things we're going to discuss in this video. We're going to lay out a potential schematic over the next, let's say, two to three trading sessions. You might want to get out a sticky note. First, let's look at the big picture. So we're below all the moving averages. We know the whole thing with the trend is your friend. They tried to recapture the convergence of the 220 period moving average. They made a two-day attempt. Today they gave it up and now they're below all the moving averages on the daily chart. The trend is firmly downward. It's not a revelation. It's not new news. We're just laying out what's happening on the daily chart. Now, since we're coming into the end of the week, which is tomorrow, we have to discuss the weekly chart. So here's a situation. We have a weekly reversal candle from the week ending the 28th of January. So there's going to be some defense played down around here. We're nowhere near the lows right now. However, defense is coming out on the field. The question is, where does special teams get sent out? Again, from the big picture, the low here is 420.76. That's an Irene number. Closing a week below that number is a very ominous situation for the Bulls. Now, let's circle back to laying out a couple of possible scenarios. Remember we discussed this week is regular way options expiration week, a la weird stuff happens. Okay, fair enough. Hasn't been really anything tremendously weird. We've had big swings in both directions. They try to fake out operation up north. They failed. It's not necessarily in the weird category. It's just what the market did. What would be weird? Weird would be we wake up on Friday to a gap up or they reverse them intraday on Friday and finish back above those moving averages. That would be in the 20% of the 80-20 rule in the what should happen next camp. What does that mean in English? Under normal garden variety market conditions, they're going to want to run a test of this low here, 435.34. Under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to want to spike that low, get everybody in the bear case or on the bear side of the boat excited, and then ultimately within a day or so of that, they rip them back up in the other direction. That's in a sense where my expectations are. Am I expecting for the market to retest the lows around 420 anytime soon? I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not expecting it over the next couple of days. It's certainly possible. Remember, earlier this week, we labeled one of the videos Russia Week or Rush Week. That's what this is. It's Russia Week. Russia invasion. They're going to invade sooner. The market goes down. They're going to invade later, the market goes up. It's a bunch of hocus-pocus nonsense. The market was going to do what it's going to do anyway. Russia is the plugged-in excuse for the current direction of the market. I know for some of you that are new around here, it's a hard concept to wrap your head around. The news item is plugged in after the fact. There's exception to the rule, but that's in large part how I look at 
the markets. You don't have to like it, you just have to understand where I'm coming from. So let's further this discussion. So let's say they break this low, and here's the reason why I think they will. You had a market that came down to run a test of something. It doesn't matter what it was now, they bounced up. They failed, and if I just look at market symmetry just by itself, just for a moment, and I look at the breakdown candle, the one from the 11th of this month, I look at that candle, I look at some of the shenanigans they did in between, now I look at what's going on here, for me, from a market symmetry standpoint, this move has to land at minimum of below that low. There's other reasons why I feel that way, but that's what I feel, that's what I think is developing at present. Here, you have another big breakup candle. The low is 427.82. Now, you start running a test of that low, and you start all of a sudden, obviously, discussing the low from back here at 420 on the 24th. I'm not saying they will or won't get there right now. I'm just saying I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting them to spike the low, and I'm expecting some kind of a reversal before they get to the low of 420. Whether they get to 427 or not, I'm really not 100% sure of that one. So again, let me just reiterate, options expiration, weird stuff happens. They could reverse the tape on Friday. Maybe have a gap down and a reversal, something like that. It's possible. However, here's the caveat on that. So we're just laying out all the different scenarios. And by the way, I must mention, and it's been posted on the board all week long, inside the numbers is closed on Friday, tomorrow. I had a pre-scheduled appointment. It is what it is. It's closed. Inside the numbers live with Jordan will be open. I'm going to give him as much as I have in the morning before I leave, and we'll call it a one-day sabbatical. Now, let's talk about into next week. Monday is a holiday. It's President's Day. There's no market participation. There's no market activity. The futures may be open half a day. It usually is, but the market's closed here in the U.S. Whenever you have a three-day holiday weekend, you have to be weary of both sides. They could flush it. They could flush it in the futures over the holiday. Nothing you can do about it. You wake up Tuesday, and they're trading a whole lot lower. If that scenario takes place, then the door is open for the 427, and it's certainly open at that point for the 420. We just don't know. The velocity could take the market anywhere at this point. You could also have the opposite effect. They could gap the market up by the time you wake up Tuesday. Maybe Russia isn't going to evade one more time. Maybe, just maybe, people will realize you can date back to when Russia invaded and took over Crimea. What happened then? Nothing. Is this really impacting the markets? No. Now, I don't understand a lot about Ukraine, but what I do understand is a big chunk of it, a portion, I don't know exactly how much, is already kind of like Russia anyway. It's also not exactly a free country to begin with. And let's say this whole thing happens. It happens, guess what? You're more likely to get a sell the rumor, buy the news event, because at the end of the day, Nobody's really going to care in the long run whether Russia takes over Ukraine. I understand the whole energy conversation and all that stuff, Europe, NATO, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, nobody cares. What we should do is worry about what's going on with the invasion of the southern border of the United States. Let's take care of our own house first. 
Enough of that. All right, wrap up the daily chart. The market's touch and go. We know that they're likely going to run a test of the low over here. The exact price is 435.34. Likely they'll spike it through, but they could keep going. That's where the intraday stuff comes in. Inside the numbers, minus tomorrow, we'll have that information readily available. Here's what I'll say from a daily chart perspective. Where we are now, you can't try and pick a bottom, pick a low, pick a number. You have to wait for the market to show you something. You have to wait for a sign, a signal of some kind of reversal taking place. They start out from an intraday perspective. They morph from there. What I will tell you is, once this particular decline culminates, there's going to be another rip-your-face-off rally. Period. Full stop. Let's switch over and take a look inside the numbers. We're going to go through the commentary, then we're going to circle back to stocks on the move. And here's what I'll tell you. We've got something for everybody. It's not that something or all of it takes place every single day. Sometimes you get stocks on the move. Sometimes you get a great S&P trade or multiple great S&P trades. Sometimes you get the whole ball of wax. As traders, we don't really care where it comes from. So here's where this is coming from. I get emails about traders that want to try the room or are trying the room, and they're like, well, I thought this was about the S&P. I just want S&P trades. Well, guess what? You might get an S&P trade, but we go where the money is. The objective is for the traders in the room to make money. I'm not going to pigeonhole myself into one thing saying, hey, this is a S&P or ES room, and if anything else is going on somewhere else, we don't care about it. We're just focused on the ES. It doesn't work like that. We go with what works. What I've been doing for a long, long time is stocks on the move and the S&P. And guess what? You never know what you're going to get each and every day, but traditionally, and more often than not, somewhere about 98% of the time, you get something every single day. Happy Thursday. The key today is whether or not there's follow-through from the late-day Fed-induced rally or the day-after decline. Well, now we know we got the day-after decline. Getting things started with the figures. If they open down as indicated in the pre-market, then 446.63 will be important. It's the gap left open from yesterday. 448 is also important, as we know. It's magnetic and overhead resistance. It was yesterday's prize, and you'll remember, in the jam session at the end of the day, that's precisely where they went, right to 448. And yes, it pays to know your numbers. What about down south? Well, they're right back to where they spent most of the day on Tuesday, around 444 to 445. That's what was going on in the pre-market. We're setting the table for the day. Now, here's what's important. It's important, and take away this. After eating so much time in this neighborhood, meaning time off the clock, in that neighborhood around 444, 445, once they leave, they're going in a hurry and to a distant location. What happened today? They went to a distant location. Wasn't exactly in a hurry, but guess what? There wasn't a lot of rallies along the way. They went to a distant location. So that was something that paid dividends early in the morning if you just had that in the back of your mind. Below 441.94 is a problem for the bulls, and we'll open the discussion to visit 439, give or take. And there were other numbers that came out lower later. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway.
By 9 o'clock, they started the meltdown operation. So already we know they're melting down. We're not going to be a hero. If they give us a spot for a trade, they give us a spot for a trade. Otherwise, maybe stocks on the move will provide the opportunity. That's where my mind is early in the morning. Now, I'm watching above or below 444. So as you can see in this 935 post after the market opens, 444 is the key. There's a five-minute chart. You could use any time frame. They opened below. They never even got back there. 444 was the key that brought all that lower discussion stuff on the table. So already, this is where my mindset is at 937. The lower is to the big fat round number of 440 and lower. Back to the chart. And you know the way they work. First, they come up short. They bounce away, and then either they do the thing and then give you the trade, which I'm not taking because they bounced away first, or they trade right through it. This time, they gave you the trade around 440, and from just after the opening bell, just from a conceptual standpoint, that worked. What worked? Below 444, the doors open for 440 and lower. Did some traders short that down to 440? I'm sure they did. That wasn't the trade, that wasn't my trade, but I know traders like to short the market. I don't particularly love to short the market from an intraday perspective. At resistance, yes. In the hole, no. When the market's in the hole, it gets very whippy. You get buyers, buy the dip crowd shows up, they can rip the market up. 20, 25, 35 S&P handles in a flash. We've all seen that before. That's why I would rather be a buyer of support or a seller of resistance than trying to sell them in the hole. Now, here's something interesting. 939, this is before they get to 440. Here's food for thought. Did they drop them down to run a test of yesterday's hourly chart, big time breakup candle low, or are they really going down? Well, 442.02 is the spot, and if they start closing candles below, now it opens the door for 440. So big picture, below 444, we've got our eye or mind on 440, but there's stuff in between that the market has to either break through or will find support at. 442.02 was one of those numbers. And here's what happened. 442.02, they spiked it a little bit. They tried a little bit of a rescue operation and pretty much immediately failed. Guess what? Where did they rally back to run a test? 442.02. The high in this candle was exactly 442.12, and then they failed again. So that, if you know the numbers and you're watching a chart like this, and you say, hey, I'm going to put this line on my chart. I'm going to see what happens. You don't have to trade it. Just watch it. You'll learn something. You can see them treat, respect, or not a specific number. When they don't respect a specific number, it means a different number is of importance. That's the number they're headed to. In this case, 442.02 within pennies was resistance on the way back up. What was once support becomes resistance. Look what happened. Think about this for a second. They get below 444. I've got my eye on the big picture, 440. Forget about the lower stuff later. We put another number on the board, 442.02, they get down to 440 and bounce up to what? The 442.02. Why? Because it's important. Here's an hourly chart. What was it? We're talking about this particular 
breakup candle. That was on the Fed Kabuki Theater nonsense. The low was 442.02. They rallied back to try and get back inside of that right here. They couldn't do it. What happens if they can't do something like get back inside this area? Well, they're going to do something different. They're going to go back in the other direction, get rejected. Now, I gave you the highlights. Pause the video. Scroll up. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. If for nothing else, you can learn how the market operates, watch the numbers, put the lines on a chart, and just see what happens throughout the trading day. It's pretty fascinating how the market respects certain numbers. Once they got below 440, we had other numbers that came out, but you get late in the afternoon. I'm not taking a trade with time running out on the clock. If something slaps me in the face, that's one thing. But just to be in a trade, that's not for me. About stocks on the move. Pretty healthy list this morning. We're going to take a look at all of them except one. The only one that didn't hit its entry target was Fastly, F-S-L-Y. All the others did. So let's just run down the list going through the charts. First one, 3M. It didn't really work. They tried to rally back above the number. They got back below it. It didn't work. It never really stopped out, but it was a dollar loss, a dollar and a half loss. Maybe it was a break even. I think Jordan may have broken even in this in the room. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe he took a loss. I don't recall, but I know he was in the trade. It just didn't work. That happens. Certainly, with the market pressure on the downward side all day long, it's very difficult for stocks to get a bounce unless you get that initial one with the flood of volume right around the opening bell. That's why we trade around the opening bell. This is a 60 to 90 minute business for the most part. That's 80% of the business is in the first 90 minutes of the day. That's why you see me go on break somewhere around 11 o'clock, a little before 11 o'clock. The market gets into float mode. There's no reason to just watch it for nothing. By the way, I know I showed you a longer term chart. Here's a five-minute chart of 3M, and you can see what happened. They rallied back up, and they got to a high of 150.75. That's not doing the deal, but it's enough to get out of the trade. How about Teladoc? 71.50 was the number on the board, so you can see here at around 10.55 a.m., they came close. They did a little bit of the Macarena. They rallied away and came back and did it later, so this one becomes trader's choice, but what we can tell you about this, and you know this one's coming, the numbers work. Then, like everything else in the afternoon, it got dragged down with the rest of the market, but doesn't matter. If you took this trade, it was a profitable trade. They gave you more than the minimum required base hit. How about NVIDIA? A lot of traders like to trade NVIDIA. Here's what happened. First candle of the day, low was 250.70. What was my number? 250.70. I did not get a full. Some traders maybe did get a fill, however, came right back into the number, bounced up, so it did give traders the deal if they were A, lucky enough to get a fill on the first run, or B, took it anyway. The second number came up short, bounced away. I know Jordan did not take that one in the room. I'm pretty sure of that. And then the third number worked. You could see what happened there, right back up to almost the first entry. So the third number worked, the first number worked, the numbers worked.
How about Marathon Digital? 2685, you can see what happened here. 2559 is the market got dragged down into the end of the day. That's the destination, and that's where they turned around and went back in the other direction. Alba Marley, ALB, this one did not work. This one goes into, and we haven't had one of these in a while, but we're going to have to enter it into the Shitburger camp. I know Jordan took a stop out on this one in the room, but it wasn't a stop out that wipes out the gains. There are other trades. We're going to have losses. It's part of the business. We move on. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Here's what I'm going to say. First of all, pretty bad day for the IWM. The spider was down about 2%. The IWM was down about almost 2.5%. However, look where it is on the chart. They're staying above that 20-period moving average. Maybe they break through it on Friday. Maybe they don't. But it's just interesting how they're in a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit better position than the S&P 500. So that being said, and the fact that it's my favorite market-leading indicator, and the fact that we still have these higher lows intact until we don't, we're going to put this on a sticky note. It's a small puzzle piece, and it's on the table in the bull case side of the ledger. We're not saying the whole market's going to bounce tomorrow. What we're saying is that when I look at this chart, there's something of a glimmer of hope still remaining on the chart from a daily chart perspective. You look at the weekly chart, and a couple of things come to mind. A, they could be making a bearish wedge pattern, so you have a big move down, a wedge, and then another subsequent move down into the 200-period moving average. That's certainly on the table. What else is on the table is, can they make another attempt? This is a weekly chart. Remember, you got next week, you got the week after. Can they make another attempt at this breakdown candle high? And the answer is, we don't know whether they will or there's no reason why they can't. Remember, they're still going to play defense to defend this low. This low was on volume. There are buyers in there, institutional participation. Just because the market's down now doesn't mean it won't be up next week. We don't know. You come with no bias. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We look at each chart and we look at both sides and then we decide based on whether it's that chart or another time frame, which is the most probable now. For example, daily chart of the SPY, the most probable now is to run a test of this low. Break the low, run a test of the low. That's the most probable now. That's not the same look on the IWM. That's not the most probable thing right now. It can happen. It certainly can happen tomorrow. But what if they stay above the 20-period moving average? The SPY or the S&P 500 tests their low, begins to bounce up. Guess what? All of a sudden, you might have something different going on. You don't know. You have to watch the tape. Remember, you're always going to have involvement from the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. When you look at the Silicon Valley folks, Austin, Texas, the Q people, they're in much of the same position as the SPY. Downtrending daily chart, going to run a test of this low, going to break the higher low scenario. All that stuff is on the table. It's really the same discussion. It's all the same market. Folks down at the transportation department, we talked about this one. They were below all the moving averages, making the bearish wedge pattern that we just talked about on the cues. They're already playing that tune. 
That's interesting since this is my second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. You see how all markets basically trade together, but not to the same magnitude, not at the same time. They're in different positions on their respective charts, not all of them, but some of them. But then you're going to get the ones that go ahead of the power curve, the ones that are the leading indicators. The IWM and the transports are those two for me. We knew from the prior couple of discussions that until they got above this breakdown candle high, then it was a no-dice scenario for the transports and likely the rest of the tape. The financials, we talked about this one as well. What did we say? You got it. We said if they start getting below these moving averages, then what comes into play? The fact that we had a high, we had a lower high, and now we've got a failure on our hands. 2.5% down for the financials, that's a big down day for the XLF in one shot. Now, while the market's in a corrective phase, you have some big candles here, but look at the norm. When the market's not really going down big, the norm is for smaller candles, a minimum intraday range, not this kind of stuff. This is different stuff, down 2.5%, closed below this convergence of moving averages, below this pivot low here. You have to watch out. That's like Irene's cousin over here. What about Smash Mouth? This is the actual socks itself. We can go to Smash Mouth, same chart for the most part. So what do you have here is something you had from an intraday perspective. Remember, this is what I teach in the course. All charts act and react the same way. So here's a representation on a daily chart that we just went over on an hourly chart inside the numbers. What do you have? You have a breakup candle, you have a low. This one here, the low is 270.17. They got below that low, and here we go. So normally, this would, if they stayed inside of that, spent some time eating it off the clock, they would have released the energy in the northern direction, run a test of this double top into the moving averages. But the fact that they got below and closed the day below convincingly right out of the chute, below that low of that breakup candle, that tells you a different picture. First, takes this gap right on the table. Then you have this pivot low here. The low is 261.76. That's just how I read the tape. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.